the industry, talking about Wall Street in general, doesn't tell you how you're going to pay your bills in retirement. What they say is grow your money, take risk, you know, look at this big mountain chart that goes up for 100 years and, you know, you should be fine. But in the real world, that doesn't make sense and doesn't work for people when you need a consistent, sustainable income off your portfolio. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hello and welcome into this edition of the Retirement Success Blueprint Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning into our show today. Got a little fun for you here. We're going to have a five-question retirement preparedness quiz on the docket for today. So we want you guys to play along with us. I'm going to give out some questions to see if you are prepared for retirement. And uh, we'll give a little grade out and we'll have Mike tell us uh, some ways we can maybe improve and things of that nature. But first, let's say, hey, what's going on, Mike? How are you, my friend? I am getting ready for Turkey Day, so I am excited. Exactly. That's my favorite holiday. How about you? Uh, for for dining purposes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I like that. We can go with that for dining purposes. Do you have a favorite holiday? Fourth of July, I think. Yeah, I enjoy okay. that the most, yeah. All right. Nice. Uh, it's, it's feel good, yeah. Yeah. You big on like fireworks and stuff or just, just in general, just the feeling of it? Yeah. Not, not the loud ones. I just like the stuff that shoots up in the sky, but there's just something patriotic about just kind of, you know, taking a step back and kind of reflecting on, you know, where you are and especially in a year like this, you know, yeah, kind of seeing sure. what's going on. Very true. Very true. Well, speaking of a year like this, so uh, obviously since the election, we uh, still don't have any, I guess, hard news as to what's going to happen on that front. So we'll just keep moving on. But the market has been doing pretty good and quite a bit of it uh, seems to be around some of the vaccine, uh, obviously days where the vaccine was uh, talked about from a couple different companies. We've seen some pretty good spikes and things. Uh, what's going on on this front? What do you see from a market standpoint and stuff when it relates to that topic? Yeah, so there's some optimism out there about the vaccine. You know, uh, Pfizer had come out about a week or two ago and just post-election and said that, you know, their vaccine, although still a little premature, but their vaccine's up to 90% effective, which is a, which is great news. Yeah. Um, Moderna came out a couple of days ago and another biopharmaceutical company and said theirs is 95% effective, so Crazy. even better news. Uh, and then Pfizer actually today, probably like you know an hour ago before before our taping here, Pfizer came back out and said, "Wait, ours is ninety five percent effective too." You know, <laughs> so it reminded me of that SNL skit where you know it's the one the one lady's trying to you know go up up and above you know everybody else. So, oh, I've got three. Well, oh yeah, yeah, I've got four. Right. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so everybody's ninety five percent effective now. Uh, as, as it relates to the, the markets and that, well, the one thing I would caution or, or kind of put out there is that is that one, you know, although great news on the vaccine front and hopefully for everybody it, it works out, uh, we still have a good six to 12 months ahead of us before, you know, there's going to be either herd immunity or, you know, a significant amount of individuals that are vaccinated. So there's still a lot of economic challenges that are ahead over, especially the next three to six months. So we need to be aware of those and be positioned accordingly, you know, so that, that's not being you know, the sky is falling as much as it is. It's, we're optimistic when you look out six or 12 months from now, but in that period, you need to make sure you're well positioned. So one of the concerns that, you know, we have a little bit is that even if we go into the markets, you know, one of the things with some of the new optimism and, you know, maybe things aren't as bad as they, as they were, you know, back in March is that we entered 2020, you know, so in February we had hit all all time highs. Right. And, and everyone was saying that the market was already overvalued then. 
And then we had that steep sell-off when the economy kind of, you know, was forcing it to shut down. We've rebounded to kind of start touching all-time highs again. But doesn't that still mean that we're in an economy that might be a little overheated? We're in a market that might still be a little bit overpriced. So that's one of the concerns that we have. So we're optimistic as far as, you know, the health front, when we look out six to 12 months, but we need to take a kind of a cautious eye as it relates to the markets, because a lot of the economic challenges that sold off the market, you know, six, nine months ago are still with us today. Yeah, and I think it does send mixed signals for folks because on the news of the vaccines, you saw some um, some spikes from industries that have been suffering, like cruise lines and things like that. But then you're also got states starting to do more lockdowns because of uh, here we are in mid-November because of you know the surge in the coronavirus. So definitely some you know mixed signals going on as to how this thing will shake out. So I think that's a good uh, good observation is to keep that kind of watchful eye on these things as we're moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So that's the topic on that. So let's jump in now and take our quiz. So play along with us here, folks. So I'm going to give a grade based on what I see as somebody who talks about this on a regular basis. Now, I'm not a financial professional like Mike, so he's going to know all the all the ins and outs here. So we'll let him chime in and see if he agrees with my evaluation and then give us some things to think about when it comes to being prepared for retirement. So when I do these questions, think about it from that standpoint. Now, I've got five key questions you need to ask yourself. So give yourself a grade, play along with us and see how you do. Number one, do you know how much you have? So again, think about this from a retirement standpoint, not necessarily just in general, but Mike, I'd say most people probably fall into the C, maybe a C minus kind of grade on this because we probably say things like we know what we have in our savings, probably what it's in our checking, and we might have a couple of rough ideas as to what we have in various accounts like a 401k. Yeah, I think that that's where happens with a lot of individuals is they they start accumulating things. We talk about it, you know, every couple of weeks on the podcast about what I call the financial junk drawer, which is, you know, I've got this 401k from where I currently work. I've got some IRAs at the bank or with a broker. I've got, you know, another 401k from two jobs ago. And you've got all these orphaned accounts and these things around, but you've never actually considered about how they're supposed to work together. You know, and if you're 20, 30, 40, you're just accumulating, accumulating. Then what happens is all of a sudden you get to 50, 55, 60, and you've got all these things that are out there. And some, you may know how much you have in each of them. Some people don't, you know, some people forgot other accounts like, oh yeah, I think I've got this out there. The problem with that is you don't know how to coordinate all that into how it's going to impact you in a positive way to provide income in retirement, to make sure that your money lasts as long as you do, to make sure that you've got the resources, not only for you, but if you happen to be married for your spouse, if something happens to you, are you going to be okay? Are they going to be okay? So it's it's critically important to kind of get your arms around this. And the best way is it starts out with having a plan. You know, you put your financial plan together. We call ours every, every week, you know, the Retirement Success Blueprint. And what that is, is that kind of provides a blueprint or a roadmap that shows you, here's where I am. And if I have any gaps, how do I fix them? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I think we're going to get to that on the fifth one as well, because I think it's part of the quiz that works out really well. And, you know, how do I identify the gaps? How do I fix them? You know, where's my income coming from? So we'll get to that in just a minute. Would you say that a C is probably a decent grade for most people? They have a rough idea, but not too much detail? Yeah, I would say that I'd give it a C because it's kind of a blended average. So a okay. B as to knowing how much they have, a D as to know how it's going to impact them and how they can use it. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So let's move on to number two here. Now, this one, I think most of us are going to fall in a good solid D or D minus uh, category here. Do you know how much you spend? And I know that 
the estimates wildly vary from person to person, but almost it seems like almost everyone, once they start going through the process to get ready for a plan and putting things together, they're pretty shocked by finding out how much they actually do spend. It's usually more than they anticipate. Yeah, and that's the hardest thing about retirement. And you know what you really have to get your hands around is that retirement is all about income. You know, it's permanent unemployment if you think about it. So the whole point of retirement says, okay, the paycheck's going to stop. Whatever resources I have, whether it's Social Security, pensions, you know, retirement money, savings, you know, that's got to last you for the rest of your life. So one of the first steps that we work when we're putting that uh, retirement success blueprint together for individuals is we say, okay, we need to put together a spending plan. Uh, you know, and spending plan is a nice way to say budget, but nobody, nobody likes to budget. So right, I call it a yeah. spending plan. So what we do is we say, okay, you know, let's say that, you know, tomorrow's retirement or six months or one year from now in today's dollars, you know, what of our expenses are fixed, which means they're not going to go away when we retire. Uh, and what are, what's variable, you know, the things that we have some control over, what are the kind of wants we'd like to spend this versus what's the have tos, you know, because, you know, you're not retiring to only spend on the have tos and, you know, kind of sit in your own four walls at home and say, okay, I'm retired, but I can't do anything because, you know, my budget doesn't work. So, you know, that's, that's why you want to know that before you get to retirement. Yeah. But what happens on about knowing how much you spend, and let me give you a, a great example of a couple. So we're working with a couple the last few years. When they first came in, they said, hey, you know, we were to retire, you know, yesterday if possible, but realistically, it's probably going to be about three years from now. And I said, okay, great. So, uh, you know, how, uh, you know, let me help you out. So what, what's your current income? They make about $160,000 a year as a married couple. So they do very well for themselves. And I say, okay, so, you know, are we, and, and they hadn't accumulated a huge amount of money, you know, a decent amount, but not a huge amount, and especially for that income level. And I said, okay, let's take a look at, you know, how much are we saving right now? I said, well, you know, really nothing, you know, month to month, we know at the end of the month, basically that's when the money's running out. So mm-hmm. outside of putting money in their retirement plans, they're pretty much spending most of the 160 that they had earned. And I said, okay, well, how much income do you need in retirement? Oh, well, we only need like $60,000. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, let's, let's go through the spending plan. We kind of did that exercise and we said, okay, so are we saving a hundred thousand dollars a year? No, geez, you know, at the end of the month, the money's gone. I said, okay, well then how is it that we think that we're going to be able to live on 60,000? Oh, well, we'll just cut back. You're going to cut back a hundred thousand dollars of spending. Well, we go to concerts, fairs, all stuff, a hundred thousand dollars worth. You know, so then, so, so we started kind of digging in and they started realizing that their real income need in retirement, just to have a comparable lifestyle, even with less concerts and things like that, was still going to be over a hundred thousand dollars. Now there's things that we could put in place and we, you know, t- pulled some levers and tweaks and things to be able to make that happen soon. But at the same time is if you don't know what your income need is in retirement, and you don't know where it's going to come from. The biggest problem with that is you need to know that three, five, 10 years before you get there, not six months or 12 months before you decide to retire. Yeah. And often folks, you know, again, if you're playing along with us here and you're listening, uh, you might say, well, I know we're nowhere near that far off as Mike's example, but you'd be surprised. You, a lot of times when we say how much we spend, we immediately say things like the mortgage amount or the car payment, maybe some of the utilities. We almost always forget the, the little things, the nickel and dimes that just go here and there and all around the square. And so you eventually kind of, once you put this spending plan together, you kind of do see just how off you are. And most people fall into that category. So don't beat yourself up, but take some action, do something about it. You know, have a conversation with Mike, put a spending plan together and get a retirement success blueprint rolling. And that'll help you kind of identify some of this stuff. All right. We'll go with an F on that one. Go. Oh, you're going to go with an F. All right. So my D minus was generous then. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Well, then if that was enough, folks, it's not going to get any better for the next two. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, so do you know how much risk you have? Uh, I was going to put this one at enough because I think most of us do not. We have a, I don't even know if we even have a ballpark on this, Mike. Most people don't know uh, how much risk they have. They, they think, you know, even, even when they hear things like I'm in a balanced portfolio, well, balance sounds okay. Right? Sure, so yeah. That just typically means you might have 60, 65% of your money in the market, another third in, you know, the bonds or interest kind of things. Right. Uh, you know, so, so that's supposed to be your buffer. But most people don't realize that. So, you know, the, the way to look at it, and, and, and our audience is primarily individuals in their 50s and 60s that are either in retirement or getting close to retirement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, conceptually, you have to think about it that, you know, so if you're 30 and, you know, you saved $100,000 or so, and the market drops almost 50%, you know, it dropped almost 40 in, the, in the, this last spring in a matter of three weeks, and it's dropped 50% twice in the last 20 years. In, in different bear markets. But let's say, you know, you're 30, you've got $100,000 saved up, you're still 30 years away from retirement. And if your 100 goes down to 50,000, gets cut in half, so you lose 50%. Uh, the thing is, you still don't need this money for another 30 plus years. Plus, if it, you're contributing on a regular basis, your dollar cost averaging, you're buying why things are down, it all makes sense for you because you've got smaller amount of money and then you're adding a lot more to it. So if you're, you know, putting aside 20 grand a year or something like that, you know, that's going to work out really well for you over a long period of time. Now, take somebody who's maybe, say, 60. Let's say they have half a million dollars saved up in their IRAs or 401ks, and that gets cut in half. You know, even in a balanced portfolio, those are falling 30, 40 plus percent. So let's say that 500,000 gets cut in half. Now you're down to 250. How long is it going to take you for that 250 just to get back to where you were? History says that it typically takes four to five years when you have a 40 or 50 percent loss you know, in a, in a typical bear market, it takes four to five years for you to get back just to where you were before. Mm. So if you're 60 years old and you're taking that amount of risk and it gets cut in half through no fault of your own, just because you didn't realize how much risk you're taking, you're going to be 65 just to get back to where you were in 60. You can't afford to waste three to five years. You're better off with lower reasonable rates of return with a lot less volatility and a lot less risk because you need to protect the nest egg that you have. You know, so what we do, we do a, a risk assessment for individuals that says, hey, you know, without making any changes, here's what you have, you know, and in, in good markets and bad markets, you know, I won't get too wonky on standard deviation and these things, but on, uh, in good markets and bad markets, here's what you can expect. Are you comfortable with that at this stage of your life? And if they are, then that's great. Maybe they're in a good position. Many times they get surprised and say, holy cow, I didn't realize how much risk I was actually taking. You know, in that case, we need to be proactive and make some adjustments. Yeah. And that's often the case more times than not, especially when it comes to, uh, to your point, a lot of times we think that even if we have something like a target date fund, we'll say, well, yeah, they, mm -hmm. they lower the risk as I get closer to retirement. I, I know that. And it's like, yeah, but not as much as you probably think it does. You know, So there's a lot of times where we just don't know how much risk we have. So uh, again, probably an F in that category. But the good news is, is you can do something about it. As Mike just mentioned, you can uh, have this risk analysis done. You can do a retirement success blueprint and find out how to make some tweaks and improve some of these scores. All right. Uh, number four, Mike, on our five question retirement preparedness quiz, do you know what you're paying in fees? Again, this is going to be probably a D or an F. I think most people probably say, yeah, 1% to my guy or gal, and that's kind of the end of it. Yeah, yeah I give a double F if that's possible <laughs> on, on, on this one. It's, you know, you got to double down on that one. It's because people don't really pay attention to fees at all. You know, if, if they're working with an advisor and they're in an advisory managed account, they might see they're paying one, one and a half percent. 
But they also need to realize that unless they own individual stocks, individual bonds, individual preferred, so individual securities, not funds, then there's also other fees inside of those investments themselves. So they're paying the advisor one, one and a half percent, and just from a management capability. But then the investments also carry additional fees, and that could be anywhere from, you know, 0.25, a quarter percent to one and a half percent. So if you just kind of split the difference and say, okay, let's say the internal fees of these other investments are another 1%. Well, if you're paying your broker one and a half percent and the investments, even though you don't see it, it's in the prospectus that you know nobody reads. It's in Bible print on page 156 or something. It'll show you what all the fees are. Let's say that's another 1%. Well, if you've got a million dollars and you're paying the broker one and a half percent, that's $15,000. You're paying the mutual funds or exchange traded funds another 1%, that's another 10,000. You think you're paying $15,000 in in investment fees, but you're really paying $25,000. Doesn't make it wrong, you just need to know that. And there's another example of, you know, there's certain insurance products out there called variable annuities. Not good, not bad, you know, it's, it's for another show. One of the things you just need to understand if it makes sense for you or not, you know, suitability is a different is- issue is internal expenses on most of those are three to 4%. So if you've got $600,000 in a variable annuity and you've got, you know, some kind of benefit writer or something, some attachment on there, you're basically going to pay somewhere between eighteen dollars to $21,000 in internal fees on that. So a lot of people come in our office and say, hey, I've had this variable annuity for three, five years. The market's gone straight up and I really haven't earned anything. And I say, okay, well, did you realize you were paying 18 to 20? Because most of those fees are kind of, you know, in the contract, in the perspectives, you don't see them. Did you realize you were paying 18, $21,000 in fees? And I'm like, no. So the broker got paid, the insurance company got paid, the mutual fund sub-account manager got paid, and you're fourth in line. That's why you're not making any money. So it's critically important. You know, we've talked about on past episodes that, you know, about kind of the financial grocery store, you know, where the you got the grocery store and, you know, when we go in, we, you know, pick up the can and we look at it and, you know, check out what the price is and what's on (laughs) sale. And individuals don't, they just take it and say, okay, I guess that's what the cost is. Or they don't dig one step deeper to find out, are there any internal fees associated with this as well? So that's that's huge because many times, if you're paying one and a half percent to a broker and you're paying another 1% in fees, you're going to pay almost the value of your account today in fees over the next 10 years. Wow. So if you're getting value for it, that's great. And, you know, keep it up. But if you're not, you need to be very conscious of the costs. Well, again, this is why we're doing this quiz today to kind of shine some light on some of these things. And we talk about these to Mike's point uh, throughout various different podcast episodes from time to time. And so we've kind of compiled this together in this little quiz. Uh, So let's do the final one here, number five. And this is where, Mike, I think it goes back to one and two, especially one when we talked about do you know how much you have and people maybe have an idea, but they don't really know how to turn it into what they're going to need to fill in those income gaps or retirement gaps. And so number five is do you know what your retirement income streams will look like? And I'm going to go back to a C score again because I think we will say, yeah, I've got a 401k, I've got social security, you know, maybe you're lucky enough to have a pension and you kind of know like where they're coming from, but I'm not sure a lot of people understand how to get them turned into it. Yeah. Without income, there is no retirement. You know, retirement is all about income. And, you know, I pound the table that with our clients, with our prospective clients when we're on the podcast here is because it's permanent unemployment. I mentioned that earlier. So what you need to do is take a look at, you know, and I, I might give a D. I think most people know about what there is or approach in retirement, about what their social security benefit's going to be. Okay. 
And then they've got this stuff. And by stuff, I've got 401ks and IRAs and you know money in the bank and CDs and all these other things. But once again, when it comes to generating income, they're clueless because the industry, talking about Wall Street in general, doesn't tell you how you're going to pay your bills in retirement. What they say is grow your money, take risk, you know, look at this big mountain chart that goes up for 100 years and you, know, you should be fine. But in the real world, that doesn't make sense and doesn't work for people when you need a consistent, sustainable income off your portfolio. So you need to know how you're going to get that income, where you're going to get the income from. So it starts off, you know, in our planning process, we start out and say, okay, what's our guaranteed sources of income? And by guaranteed, we're talking, you know, social security, uh, well-funded pension. Okay, that's basically it. Uh, so, okay, that we've got that. Well, what was our income number that we talked about before? How much, you know, for our spending plan, do we know we have to have coming in every month? Okay, well, that's X. Well, what's the gap between our guaranteed income and what the amount of money we have? That gap is how we now position the investments to generate the other income that you need. So a lot of people think like, oh, well, I got to take more risk to get more income. No, that's absolutely opposite the case. If you're working with somebody like us that specializes in retirement income, what you do is you say, here's my guaranteed income. Here's a, how much I need. Here's my gap. We invest the proceeds to figure out the other accounts, to figure out how to fill that gap. Now, all of a sudden, we've come up with you know the amount of income you need on a regular basis that has rising incomes so and keep up with inflation. And then if there's other money available, that money can go into risk assets, you know, things that you know, are market related and continue to grow in that. But you don't put market assets in when they're supposed to be for income purposes. And that's the biggest mistake that I see people make is one, they don't know how much income they need because they have never put that spending plan together. Two, they don't know where their income is going to come from in retirement. And then the third thing is that they're repositioned for growth when they're actually in a distribution phase, when they need income off of investments. And that's why you need a plan like ours, which is, you know, the retirement success blueprint. All right, folks. Well, how did you do on the quiz? Uh, did you agree with our grades? Do you feel as though you're doing a little bit better or I'm a little bit worse, if that's possible, <laughs> double D, double F, something like that. So if you need some help, reach out to Mike, have a conversation. If you're already working with him, then your score should be pretty darn good. Uh, but if not, you know, if you need a little bit of help, you want to have a conversation, talk to him about the Retirement Success Blueprint by simply reaching out to him at 815-526-3092. You should always talk with a qualified professional before you take any action when it comes to your specific situation. 815 815- Five two six three zero nine two. You can also subscribe to the podcast Retirement Success Blueprint on uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher. Most smartphones now already have the podcasting apps on them already. If you're an iPhone user or an Apple user, for example, uh, Apple Podcast is probably already downloaded on your phone. Simply open that up and in the search box, type in Retirement Success Blueprint, and you should be able to find the uh, podcast. Hit the little heart button, I believe, is what they use, and that will get you to where you can hear episodes. So as they come out, you get notified, so on and so forth. Or you can just find it all at crystallaketax.com. That is crystallaketax.com. I think that's going to do it for us this week here on the podcast, my friend. I hope you guys have a great, a happy, and safe uh, Thanksgiving. This is going to be our Thanksgiving show, and we'll be back in the, the first part of December. You and your family as well, Mark. We appreciate your time as always here on the podcast, folks. Stay safe and sane, and we'll see you next time here with Michael Stewart, founder of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial on the Retirement Success Blueprint. Thank you. 
investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation, and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities.